So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, and this one's gonna be again about Worldly Wisdom by Josh Kaufman. And yes, I'm looking forward to it. I have decided to just be like, well, you know, let's just not go through it and just pick something else in the meantime. But now, since I don't really know what to go through, let's just, you know, go through that and let's finish up with this one today so that I can also be like, well, I have finished it. <laughs> Quite. Anyway, we'll see after the intro, as always as every day and I've decided I know something that, that that might be a pretty funny decision for me to to drink some some green tea now because I felt in the other episode that I was a little bit slow and general today I'm a little bit slow um also in a sense of I wasn't able to get done a lot of things today which is something that I do not like and it is already 3 p.m so there, there's quite some things that I want to do and that are left for me to do and also you know some days I really gotta have to say like some days are so unproductive I hate it you know in the sense of me learning things for school in the sense of me um well actually most often just learning things you know all the other things I'm just doing them like working out and recording and editing and doing the posts and, and just all sorts of things. I just do those things and it's not that of a big deal. But but in terms of just learning stuff, sometimes I feel like, well, mm, sometimes I'm also not that disciplined as I, as I actually wanted to be. Well, yeah, anyway, today we're going to talk about work. So often people are working hard at the wrong thing. Working on the right thing is probably more important than working hard by Katharina Fake. Interesting name. But yes. I would say so. There is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all by Peter Drucker. And Peter Drucker's ah, book, the most famous one, I just don't remember the title, uh, is amazing as far as I can remember. Finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it well and, ser and serenely and with too high a spirit to be encubered with your old nonsense by Ralph Waldo Emerson. If not controlled, work will flow to the competent man until he submerges by Charles Boyer, I guess. If you find a path with no obstacles, it, is probably, doesn't lead, it probably doesn't lead anywhere by Frank Clark. And yes, I would say this as well. I think this is a pretty good one. Um, it has to be difficult and and I do also want to kind of point out that if it is not difficult then it is probably pretty boring and and, and probably I do not want to say it's then not going to be worth going for but I think that it's it's just not interesting I guess you know just hard things are what you know things that are hard and and difficult those are pretty often those things that thinking of the process are better you know, and also just the return of it and the end result is going to be better. But but I don't know, like just always doing something that's way too easy for you and stuff like that. Like, no, don't do that. It's, I think, I think it's not worth the time and it's also boring and you're going to feel not good about it. Well, improve by 1% a day and in just 70 days, you're twice as good. Yes. Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion, which is called the Parkinson effect. and as stated or sedated or however by Cyril Northcote Parkinson. 
And I want to repeat it once again because this is an amazing thing and it is totally the truth. Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion, which means that if you're having two hours for doing something, then it is going to take you two hours. If you're having two weeks for doing something, then it is going to take you two weeks. Also because, and it is something that I've seen, you know, even though you're finished, you probably somehow decide to go over it once again after three days, you know, and you're still having like seven days left. No, that's not truth. <laughs> and you're still having four days left, right? And you maybe decide to go over it once again, you know, which you would not have the time for if it just only is a two-hour task. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a fucking amazing one. Anyone can do any amount of work provided it isn't the work he's supposed to be doing at the moment. People commonly use the word procrastination to describe what they do on the internet. It seems to me too mild to describe what's happening as merely not doing work. We don't call it procrastinating when someone gets drunk instead of working. I don't really get it. Anyway. Easy reading is damn hard writing by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Which I think is the beauty about writing, isn't it? You know, being able to clearly communicate what you think about. This is a real skill. And I appreciate all the people that are able to do that uh, pretty well naturally. And uh, those people that are having talent in that. This is amazing. In fact, what is stopping 99% of them is that writing novels is hard. When a job goes away, they see how hard. By Paul Graham. The stand-up paces for jumps or kumps, kumps, whatever, there is no speed limit, by Kimo Williams. What people say they want and what people are willing to work their ass off to get are two things, are two different things, by Huck McLeod. I hope that I pronounced it correctly, but it is indeed the case, you know. You really gotta have to um, adjust your expectations on your willingness to work and or on the work that you're doing and or... Um, adjust your actions to your ambitions you know because we all are ambition you know we all have big dreams and we all want to be rich and we all just whatnot but not a lot of people do want to have the sacrifices and do want to uh, well i think more or less deal with the sacrifices because there are indeed a lot of fucking sacrifices for doing things you know yeah if people knew how hard i worked to gain my mastery it wouldn't seem so wonderful Michelangelo. Just the case. Just the case. And then I, there's going to be one that is pretty interesting. Also this one, by the way. Success is a function of persistence and doggedness. I don't know what... Is it dogness or doggedness? And the willingness to work hard for 22 minutes to make sense of something that most people would give up on after 30 seconds. By Malcolm Gladwell. Who is apparently a pretty good writer. And the next one is pretty interesting. But because of the person not... But I don't know what the quote is. No masterpiece was ever created by a lazy artist. By Salvador Dali. And Dali, um, if I can remember the name of the of the painting, it is called uh, something with Santa de la Cruz, if I remember correctly. But I actually want to look it up. Uh, or is it Christ? 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 Uh, del Santa. De la Cruz or something like that, I guess. But, you know, I'm just 100% going to find it, yes. Christ of Saint Jean of the Cross or Cristo de San Juan de la Cruz. Yeah, of course, you know. I, you know, I haven't nailed it, which is not good to say in that context, by the way. You know, just because I think about it. But this is a an amazing, an amazing artwork. I don't know how good you can see that right now. But I'm going to zoom in a little bit. 
But there you're having Christ uh, on the cross, or however you call it in English, I don't know. And he's the perspective is what's just really staggering in this one because uh, the cross is like just um, facing downwards, basically, you know, or Christ is facing downwards, which which is something that's I don't know you nobody has done before quite, you know, especially because Dali wasn't really known for uh, for religious things. He wasn't known for religious paintings. He was never ever painting something religious before. And this was his first one quite. And and yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. It's a pretty cool one. Thanks to my art history teacher. Amazing person, amazing woman, strong woman. I appreciate that. A lot of cool things. A lot of cool things that I've learned there, which, um, which is just amazing. Just amazing. Patience is the greatest of all virtues by Cato de Elva, which I don't know. Or whom I don't know. But patience is fucking important. When you're not practicing, someone else is. When you meet him, he will win. Martial arts proverb. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, of course, but yeah, who cares? Yeah. On the craftsmanship. Measuring programming progress by lines of code is like measuring aircraft building progress by weight. Yeah. It's about, it's it's not about the length of the reps. You know, it's not about just doing something all day long. It is about the quality of the reps. You know, as well as with fitness it is, or just working out it is. If you do a lot of fucking bad reps, yeah, you're probably gonna get a, you know, a pump. You know, you're gonna get that. But it, it's it's not gonna be that good for muscle building. Because, you know, it's just, in the end, a lot of wasted time, to some degree. The craftsman is most free when his tools are proportionate to his needs. By Yonagi Soetsu. And by the way, the other one was by Bill Gates. If the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. By Abraham Maslow. If you can't describe what you're doing as a process, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> By W. Edwards Deming. As there's two methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. This man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. Once again, by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And this is something like, think about fucking mathematics. You know, if you know the principles and if you understand them, then you just can do shit. And also, I think probably with any other science. If you understand things, then you can actually create solutions to certain problems that you would have not been able to solve with just knowing techniques. You know, because techniques are good. But understanding the principles, this is fucking important. And this is something that I uh, struggled with uh, for quite some time and this was also one of the reasons why I was really bad at maths because I didn't get the fundamentals I didn't get the principles and because I've just had some time I think two months in total now to learn maths every single fucking day quite you know for at least a month it, it does something it really does you know it really lets you understand principles it really lets you understand things and it is an exponential thing of joy you know the more you do it the more joyful it's going to be and the more joyful it's going to be the more you're willing to do it as well this is also one of the reasons why afterwards I'm going to do some maths because I found some things that I'm not good at but I like doing them because it's just nice to think about those things so yeah the work you do while you procrastinate is probably the work you should be doing for the rest of your life by Jessica Hish or Hisk however Every practice has a set of rules which governs it, which governs it. Mastery occurs when a realization of these rules with the realization of these rules. Innovation occurs at a point of intelligent and creative rebellion against them. <laughs> yes, 
quite. You know, let's do it differently. You know, let's not do it in that way because this way is um, boring. On industry, watch the costs and the profits will take care of themselves. Andrew Carnegie. People seek out two things, information and entertainment. Offer them freely and they will find you by Joey Conrath. The sucker's trap is when you focus on what you know and what others don't know rather than the reverse. By Nassim and Taleb, which or who is a really good writer in the sense of aphorisms. His aphorisms, they are just really amazing. I, I appreciate them. Goals may cause systematic problems for organizations due to narrowed focus, unethical behavior, increased risk-taking, decreased cooperation, and decreased intrinsic motivation. Use care when applying goals in your organization. By Dan Pink. On entrepreneurship, and there is nothing. <laughs> I don't know if there's just missing something, or if this is on purpose, but there is missing something, apparently. But that's quite it, and we're still having quite some time left, so... So what could we do? Let's actually, I think, check out Reddit. I don't know. I haven't been on Reddit for really, really, really a long time. Like, and just immensely long amount of time. But I don't like this broadcast shit because I feel like it is sucking away all my computer's energy. So I'm, I'm going to scroll by so that I don't have to deal with it. Today I learned that, yes, okay, that Kim Philby, head of the... MI6 anti-communist section was forced to resign over allegations that he helped two KGB moles escape. However, he was ex exonerated by the government. He then defected to the Soviet Union after having been KGB double agent for 30 years. What? <laughs> it's actually a Wikipedia article, so I might check it out. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> Today I learned that the Seinfeld episode, the pen in which Jerry and Elenia, I just don't care about Seinfeld. I haven't watched it, and it's not, not my generation. He was born uh, Harold Adrian Russell Philby, January the 1st. By the way, you know, how lucky can you be to just be born January the 1st? This is fucking interesting. In Alabama, Punjab, British India. Well was a British intelligence officer and a double agent for the Soviet Union. In 1963, he was revealed to be a member of the Cambridge Five, a spy ring which passes information to the Soviet Union during World War II and in the early stages of the Cold War. Uh, of the five, Philby is believed to have been most successful in providing secret information to the Soviets. Born in British India, Phil Philby was educated at Westminster School and Trinity College, Cambridge. He was recruited by Soviet intelligence in 1934. After leaving Cambridge, Philby worked as a journalist and covered the Spanish Civil War and the Battle of France. In 1940, he began working for MI6. By the end of the Second World War, he had become a high-ranking member of the British intelligence. Oh yeah, of course, it's, I always thought about the USA, you know, but it's, MI6 is just the British uh, anti-terrorist gang or whatnot. Um, in 1949, Philby was appointed first secretary to the British Embassy in Washington and served as chief British uh, liaison with American intelligence agencies. During his career as an intelligence officer, he passed large amounts of intelligence to... Do you say intelligence? Pretty interesting. To the Soviet Union, including an uh, Anglo-American plot to subvert the communist regime of Albania. He was also responsible for tipping off two other spies under sub suspicious of espionage, Donald McLean and Guy Burgess, both of whom sub 
subsequently fl fled to Moscow in May 1951. The defection of MacLean and Burgess cast suspicion over Philby, or Philby resulting in his resignation from MI6 in July 1941-51. He was publicly exonerated in 1955, after which he resumed his career in journalism in Beirut, Beirut? In January 1963, having finally been unmasked as a, so a Soviet agent, um, Philby defected to Moscow, where he lived out of his uh, out his life until his death in 1988. I do wonder in which way this is nice. I do wonder in which way... There's actually... He was in Vienna. Let's check that out. In Vienna, working to aid refugees from Nazi Germany, Philby met and fell in love with Litzi Friedman. Litzi Friedman, born Alice Kohlmann, or Alice Kohlmann, however, a young Austrian communist of Hungarian Jewish origins. Interesting. Well, and there's just lots of other things, but it's pretty, it's actually very long. Very long. You know, this is actually one of the reasons why I like Reddit so much, because you find so many interesting or strange things, if you will. Pretty interesting. You know, let's see if there's something else. Uh, da, 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 da. Side hustles. What are good side hustles ideas that do not make me a slave of my own business? AKA, what can I do to just make a lot of money and don't do anything? It's the same shit. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> there's not going to be something, you know? It takes work. Do work. Do shit. My thing. Can I have my hair somewhere else? Thank you. Why does the ego feel the need to revisit old memories that cause negative embarrassment? Is there something it is looking for from this process? This is actually pretty interesting because I thought about it as well. I'm trying to work out why the ego does this so I can find a stoic answer to overcoming it. This is something that I experienced a lot some time ago. I think you're at the right track in thinking that there is something which the ego is looking for from our old experiences. I think it might be the case that these memories cause us pain and embarrassment because we have no yet extracted the meaning from them. Which is true, you know, because you wouldn't feel bad about them if you just knew, okay, it's, this is what I've gotten out of it. Questions that you might ask yourself, what is that I need to learn from this experience? What does it tell me about myself which can further my development of myself? I see these moments when I mem uh, momentarily cringe at things that I've done in the past as an expression of my conscious, which um, believes that I have done something wrong or maybe more accurately not up to standard. It demands that I resolve it by thinking it through and extracting lessons from that experience. So this, is, this is, by the way, something that I, quote-unquote, struggle with as well, or think about as well. Like, there's a lot of things that I did and I just, now I think, like, why did I do those things? Why I'm such a big asshole? On one hand, on the other hand, it's like, you know, why it's just been so irrelevant and unnecessary and stuff. So I like that. The first type is a creator was released on Behance a few days ago. Hope you like it. Maraxa. A display typeface by John David Matza. This is pretty cool. This is so, this is so Indian. It's, it's so, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's a good thing. I like it. Um, but it's, it's so so dynamic it's really cool it's really cool i gotta have to upload that it's really cool really is cool you know but you know the problem with whether it is free or not the problem with them is uh you know are they gonna have all the characters that i need for example the the german characters like a and ö and ü and all those things that i just need for writing but you know this is of course just something that you're gonna use for posters it's not gonna be like copy text you know it's totally not gonna be today i learned the average soccer player 
player runs 7 miles per game, midfielders average 9.5 miles, and referees average more miles than players. Yes, that's the truth. Because they're running around all the fucking time. And as a player, you know, if you're just a striker or something, then, you know, sometimes you can rest and do nothing. And or also just as a defender, sometimes you can rest and do nothing. Uh, days off, I called, okay. Today I learned uh, American universities are fearing a massive drop in the numbers of people going to college by 2025 due to lowering birth rates. Yeah, but I don't know. I think they're not going to be like, wow, it's so amazing. No, we're going to die and we're not going to make any money because we have such a lot of money. Yeah. Today I learned that a plague in Plainfield, Indiana, marks the spot where a carriage uh, driver intentionally drove through a huge mud hole to fling ex-president Martin Van Burden out of the carriage and into the mud. Van Burden had opposed a bill that would have funded him Funded improvements to the national road. <laughs> uh, I just really have a look at it. This is actually an NPR article. Please, I wanna <laughs> fun burden elm. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> just intentionally doing that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Today I learned that Australia's first. Cops were all criminals. Our first police force was made up of 12 of the best behaved convicts. It's a good idea. We know that you give a lot of power to people that just use power for dumb shit. Today I learned that an annual supply of bottled water for a person who consumed 8 glasses a day would cost approximately 200 bucks. The same amount of tap water would cost approximately 33 cents. Uh, yeah, this is a good thing if you live in Austria, for example, where you can fucking drink the tap water. Uh, it's fine. It's even better than bot water. You know, bot water schmeckt, schmeckt, yes, schmeckt, schmeckt nach scheiße, yeah, schmeckt uh, indeed nach scheiße. <laughs> it tastes like shit, yeah. Mixing up languages, not that good. Today I learned that the pillars of creation were probably uh, destroyed 6,000 years ago. This was discovered after a new photo from uh, Spitzer Space Telescope showed dust clouds from a supernova shockwave that happened 6,000 years ago. Think about that. 6,000 years ago. Something that we are seeing right now. Fuck, man. Fuck. It looks so beautiful. Even though it's not com completed, I guess. But you don't need it, I think. I don't know. It's fucking lit. But the Hubble telescope. Why is this by the Hubble telescope? Question mark. This video clip shows a visualization of the three-dimensional structure of the pillars of creation. I don't even know what the pillars of creation is, by the way. Or are. But let's have a look at this video. I see. Wow. And that's it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool, but I don't know what I should get out of it. Closer view of one pillar. And the amazing thing is that all those photos, they're just like, I don't know, so well uh, resoluted, if this makes sense, I don't know. The pillars of creation within the Eagle Nebula center of photo overlaid with the original HST image. Okay. I see. Looks like shit. I gotta have to look it up what it is. Or should I actually read it? Pillars of creation. is a photograph taken by the Hubble Space Telescope or elephant trunks of interstellar gas of elephant trunks of interstellar gas and dust in the Eagle Nebula, specifically the Serpent's constellation. Some 6.5 to 7,000 light years from Earth. 
They're so named because the gas and dust are in the process of creating new stars. While also being eroded by the light from nearby stars that have recently formed, uh, taken on, a, on April 1995, it was named one of the top 10 photographs for Hubble by Space.com. The astronomers responsible for the photo were Jeff Hessler and Paul Scroen from Arizona State University. The region was re-photographed by ESA's Heschel Space Observation in 2012, uh, 11, I'm sorry, and again by Hubble in 2014 with a new camera. Uh, released in 2007, Xandra X-ray Observative had observed the area in 2001 and did not find many X-ray sources in the towers, but was able to observe sources at various X-ray energy levels in the area from young stars, and so on, and so on, and so on. But I think I'm going to end the episode there. Um, pretty, pretty strange episode. I'm sorry. Also the other one. Also yesterday wasn't too nice. I don't know why actually, but I'm going to drink my green tea and hopefully going to be able to just learn some stuff today and get a little bit more productive in the meantime yeah it's actually not that much time left for me in my day at least i feel that way yeah anyway i hope that i'm gonna be fine it is gonna be fine even though even if it is not gonna be fine then i don't know it is what it is isn't it um anyway i wish you the best health of happiness and also success and also hope that you're gonna remind yourself and you're gonna be remembered which basically means your legacy basically means just being a nice person and being remembered as a nice person and I just I just want to try it out because I'm seeing it quite often that people are doing that but I don't really know if it is actually good it's probably gonna fucking with the audio but yeah anyway um thank you I appreciate it and is there actually any echo I think actually there is but I don't know why maybe I really have to be inside of it yeah kind of I think I don't know um I wish you the best health of happiness and also success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered which basically means your legacy basically means just being a nice person and then being remembered as a nice person which is a good thing always a good thing you know um yeah three other questions that i'm having you are why are you here what are you trying to change and what's bothering you the most these three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea which is kind of the uh, optimal thing that can happen you know because i mean having purpose itself is a good thing and then as well just having a business idea with that is amazing on the other hand what could you do what could you say what could you make to make somebody's life better more interesting and just change it completely. What could you do? Because that's probably something that you can do, which is amazing, you know? So think about that. And yeah, um, with that being said, I'm hopefully gonna see you next time. Uh, I appreciate everything. Please stay healthy and, and safe and everything. And I'm, I'm seeing you, you know? Thank you.